What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I'm your host, Julian, and today we have news, reviews, updates, tidbits, and factoids. We have so much to get to today. The Scream franchise, it sounds like it's over. We're going to discuss. We're going to talk Marvel news. We have a new Lex Luthor in the DCU, and uh, so much more to get to, guys. We have a whole bunch of movie reviews, some trailers to look forward to. It's going to be a really great pod. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, I really appreciate it. Please remember to like and comment on those videos. Hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate that as well, guys. Uh, That's it. No more talking. Let's go ahead and get straight to the episode. Mondi. What's up, man? Julian. What's up? We're back. It's good, man. We're back. We're back. Uh, It's been a little while since we did a news, reviews, updates, tidbits, titties. I mean, you know, all that stuff that we got to do. And uh, there's a lot of things to discuss. There's a lot of fucking things to fucking discuss. Um, good, some things, man. you know, like my my new favorite meme is the <laughs> fucking Gohan meme. <laughs> That's just so funny to me because it, it just accurately it just accurately describes like my thoughts and feelings like so many times. So um, let's get into it, man. What's, there's, the, there's, Gohan? Like, What's the Gohan meme? The oh, okay, this this is the the, the great Saiyan man Gohan meme. Where he's just uh, uh, he's just like angry. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. That's my that's my favorite one, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for the love and support. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and leave a freaking comment. I'm sick of you. Every time I check the videos, there's no comments. Somebody leave a goddamn comment, okay? Thank you, Mondi. Let's get into do it. We have do we have one comment on any of our videos. <laughs> uh, I left one comment. <laughs> Let's talk about some stuff in, in development. Uh, Black Mirror Season 7 is in development at Netflix. Um, I'm a big Black Mirror fan. I know you aren't. This last season was a little lukewarm, but always excited for new Black Mirror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boys has a new spinoff. The Uh-oh. Boys Mexico in the works uh, from the writer of Blue Beetle. <laughs> no, let me stop. That, that's crazy. The boy it hasn't even five minutes. Can you not be racist? It hasn't even been five minutes. You're right. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> but I want to be home right now. <laughs> Pedro Pascal will star um, yeah. as, as, as the uh, right. as the lead in this, uh, you know, Mexico series. You know what? I'm happy for the boys because e- even though it's not necessarily my favorite thing, I love when shows like this come out of nowhere, take the world by surprise. And it's it's by a creator that I love and respect in Seth Rogen. And I'm, I'm I'm like really happy for this because if this succeeds, he's, creator, he's a producer. If this succeeds, then I'm sure um, that there'll be in other spinoffs. And you know the the best idea spinoff that I saw was the boys in the hood, and I want it. So <laughs> <laughs> we had a sneak peek of that in season three, but you didn't watch season three. But mm. um, um. Yeah, Boys Mexico. I mean, I enjoyed the Gen V spinoff as a big, huge Boys fan. I don't know if I want this to be honest. Um, You're going Boys watch Mexico, but we'll, we'll, I'm definitely going to watch it. But do we? I don't want them to get stuck in spinoff hell and mm. it becomes like a Game, a Game of Thrones situation where it's eight things in production. And but I, like, but I can't say Gen V was worth it. So who knows? Maybe it'll be good. Um, there's a new Jason Bourne movie also in development. Matt Damon is expected to uh, be approached to return so no confirmation of his return but he'll, he'll be approached to return um as a fan of the boring movies what are your thoughts this is so interesting because they did this already like they did this 10 years ago with jason Bourne. um like well, it was jeremy renner though right no that was the Bourne legacy i believe that jason oh, renner okay. did in okay. 2011 right before avengers came out and we were just like who the fuck is this guy 
Um, <laughs> but honestly, that movie is not bad. It's it's definitely not good, but it's not bad. Um, and then yeah, twenty fourteen or fifteen, somewhere around there, they they, they did Matt Damon returns as Jason Bourne in Jason Bourne. Um, and I didn't want to see it then. I still have not seen it. I've heard nothing but mediocre to mixed reviews about it. So do I want to see it 20 years later? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm good on the Jason Bourne series. I think the original trilogy that they had was awesome, uh, but I don't want to see it anymore. That's just my opinion. All righty. Uh, someone who's never seen any of the Bourne movies, I, I definitely do plan to. Um, I have no thoughts on this, to be honest. Uh, there's a, 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 <laughs> there's a live action Naruto movie in the works at Lionsgate. Mm. Mm. Uh, has one has one piece opened the door that can never be closed? It has. We'll Unfortunately, it has. I mean, look, One Piece was viewed so much on Netflix um, in literally every country around the world that fucking has it. Um, it was number one for a long time. And honestly, I liked it for what it was. I, I don't think it was good or perfect by any means, but I think that it is absolutely worth the watch. And I think that this is the best anime adaptation that we have. So if they can do anything close to that on the big screen for naruto i mean i don't believe that they can but <laughs> uh you know I'm, I'm here i'm here for it man I'm, I'm waiting for you to say i'll be there oh yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. oh okay guys guys opening fucking night i'm gonna be there okay, opening right. fucking <laughs> night okay like wait a minute like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be there opening fucking night okay but <laughs> am i like excited for this i am but do i think it's gonna be good <laughs> do i think it's gonna be good no i don't i don't but I'm excited for sure. That's fair. And I I love the One Piece series. I mean, I think I enjoyed it more than you. Maybe just because I have zero context. I just went into You mean the, the, the One Piece live action series? Let's, yeah, the live yeah, action let's, series. Let's fucking make that fucking distinction. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. So I, I'm, yeah, um, this Naruto, I've never watched Naruto either. Um, and so I, I'll be going into this. For, I know, I like, I feel like I know so much about it just from everybody else around me. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about this news, though. Hopefully they can give it some justice. Um, this is this came out of nowhere. <laughs> Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio mm. will reprise their roles together uh, for the new Karate Kid movie. It's coming in theaters December thirteenth of next year. But they're doing they're doing like a huge casting call for this new kid, which is these niggas haven't even casted the main role, but it comes mm. out in December of next year. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of crazy to me. There's no way that this movie's coming out in December of next year. Um, <laughs> no, like that, it's it's not possible for that to happen. Even if there's like no CGI and they do everything practical, there's literally no way that they can shoot a feature film like, like this. Yeah, like in you need stunt months. choreo and all that. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, nigga, nigga, it took it took my 27 minute a year. I mean, I had a shitty editor and director, but it took my my movie a year to get to get made. It was 27 minutes. <laughs> okay, well, there you have it, people. So, um, but look, man, it's, this this is just interesting to me. Like Jackie Chan makes his main stage return to the American audience in. You know, in Karate Kid, something that's beloved by America. Um, a lot of people hold the 1984 version as a cult classic. Me personally, I never saw it when I was a kid, so I personally don't. But I will say the Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan movie, I do hold as a fucking classic. And I don't care what nobody fucking says. Um, and the show that they have on Netflix, Cobra Kai, that shit is awesome. That shit is actually really awesome. I- I've seen all of season one. And I, I, I never remember to like keep watching the show, but like I really enjoy it. So um, I honestly feel like we have Cobra Kai to thank for this because Cobra Kai is like so popular on Netflix. I think he's gotten like five seasons plus a spinoff. So we're, we're I mean, look, we're, we're getting Jackie Chan back. 
I'm not sure about this whole same universe shit. Like, how did they just decide that? But whatever. No sense. Because wasn't he Mr. Miyagi in the Jaden Smith version? Like, wasn't his name Miyagi or no? No, his name was Mr. Han. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then that makes. I'm thinking his name was Mr. Miyagi in the in the Jaden Smith version. So that actually makes sense now. So okay, cool, whatever. Um, will there be a Jaden Smith? Will there be a Jaden Smith cameo? Oh, he's one hundred percent. He's one hundred percent going to have a cameo. Okay, one hundred percent. Like it's 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 going to be the most ridiculous shit. Just like him smiling like this. And I'm going like, to go, go, go crazy in theory. Like, like, oh my god! Like, no way home. Portal scene, crazy. <laughs> Did you see fucking Jaden Smith? Oh my god. Uh, anyway, um, Harold also and- needs to return. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh Harold and Kumar 4 is also going to happen. Interesting. Um, did you watch the Harold and Kumar movies? I watched the first one a few times. I actually really enjoy the first one. I think it's very funny, even though the premise is just ridiculous. I watched the first one once. I mean, sorry, the, the sequel once. And I was like, I'm not doing this to myself anymore. Um maybe this will be different though, because honestly, and you know, I feel like Good Burger 2 has kind of gotten me in like this mood even though i have not seen that yet i actually plan on watching it now because i've heard like good things about it um not that it not that it's like a good movie but i've heard that like it's really fun it's really funny there's a lot of cameos in it so i'm like you know what i i will i i mean okay that's enough for me to watch it so i feel like this is kind of in that same vein um so we'll see what happens yeah here i mean i've been hearing I've been hearing good things about Good Burger 2 at 2 actually as well, but uh, I will not be watching that. Um, <laughs> Creed, Creed 4 is in the works with Michael B. Jordan returning to direct. Interesting. Um, what are your thoughts? I thought he did good in his directorial debut early this year in Creed right. 3. Um, I agree. But maybe that was because he had Jonathan Majors to work with. Um, and I think it was a great choice as a director to let Jonathan Majors shine as much as he did in that movie. So we'll see what happens with... You think he let him shine? A hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's okay. a director. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, okay, yeah. oh, or you can get eaten up. Okay. Oh, ate up, but okay. I, I forgot this nigga. Money. <laughs> Anything about Jonathan Majors? Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> you're nuts. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in part four, and you know who, who he decides to work with, who he's going to star opposite. Uh, but I'd be lying if, if I if I said I wasn't interested in this. I mean, like I hadn't seen any other Creed movies prior to Creed three. I saw Creed 3 in theaters and I watched it again when it streamed. Um, it's still a really good film, man. Like, it's really good. Uh, so I'm excited for Creed 4. After enjoying Creed 3, you have no interest in watching Creed 1 and Creed 2? It's not that I don't have any interest. This is not how my list of things that I need to watch when I have two hours to myself. Okay, that's fair. Unfortunately. Um, my only issue, I mean, well, not my concern, I guess, because I really enjoy Creed 1, 2, and 3. I really enjoy all of them. Um, I do think there's diminishing returns on all of them, uh, but I, even though I enjoy all of them, so I just the formula is very formula formulaing in these mm-hmm. movies. Um, sure, bad guy, personal connection, mm-hmm. beats him the first time, overcomes it. Granted, I love all the movies. I, I'm just, I just, I, I fear that number four will be a little bit too redundant, and I mean, it, maybe they can, maybe he can lose at the end. I would, I would really appreciate that or something. Um, but they got to, they got to change it up. But I, I am looking forward to a Creed 4, if I'm being honest. Okay. Um, and last thing in the works is The Blackening 2 is in the works. I think me and you both enjoyed The Blackening 1 enough. That came out this summer. Um, mm-hmm. That was a fun time at the theater. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Interesting, man. This is very interesting. This is this is a, this is is a a movie that when I saw their previews for it the first time, I had really high hopes. And unfortunately, 
the movie didn't meet my hopes, but it was still a really fun time. Like you said, I still actually enjoyed this. Um, and I, I'm excited for them to, to get another crack at it. Uh, I'm not sure like narratively, if that makes a lot of sense. Cause like new cast uh, maybe, but then again, some cast members were saying no part two. So indicating that they're going to be in it again. So yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'll be there opening night, bitch. Same, same. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed the blackening part one for what it was. And hopefully, like you said, part two can just nail that formula. It was so close to nailing the formula, mm-hmm. but it didn't. And I, I don't want Tim Story returning to direct, even though he's the reason why part one was as successful as it was. Mm-hmm. I would love for a new director, like a, a new younger director to take a crack at it. Um, the Exorcist Believer, guys, is coming to Peacock. It'll be here when this pod releases on Friday. Um, so for all those who missed the new Exorcist movie in theaters, it will be streaming on Peacock. Awesome. Uh, that was me. I missed it in theaters. So I will be watching it on Peacock. Coolio. Let's talk some DC and Marvel news. Uh, <laughs> big news in regards to the new Superman legacy movie directed by James Gunn. Brainiac is confirmed to be the main villain of Superman legacy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brainiac? <sighs> I feel like Brainiac is such like an overused villain in Superman lore, um, especially in comics and like animation that I'm honestly kind of sick of Brainiac. Like I'm, I'm kind of sick of like the whole Brainiac storyline, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that it can be done really well live action. And guys, well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> first of all, fucking ball. I want y'all to understand when I say I'll be there opening night, like, like, Bitch, like, <laughs> or for opening night, yeah. Yeah, outside, yeah, like, like two months in advance, like advanced tickets, like IMAX, like I'm gonna Superman, bitch, I'm gonna be there, okay? Um, but yeah, like this this Brainiac news didn't necessarily thrill me. Uh, but hey, neither neither did the fucking General Zod news fill me about Man of Steel. Um, and I, I have like a collector's ticket for that film. I, I was so excited for that. So yeah, I uh, this doesn't matter to me, but I am a little drained of the brainiac storyline because it it, to me that's like so formulaic too in my opinion uh at least every time i've seen it done so um even in video games like they've done the brainiac storyline i'm just like god damn it brainiac leave these niggas alone bro (laughs) leave leave them alone please but what do you think i'm curious i'm thrilled only because i mean I, i totally get what you're saying brainiac is used a lot in games and animated shows but we've never seen them live action at least we have on the big screen mm-hmm. and so that, that gives james gunn the opportunity to really play with this and make it something a special first time entry and i'm just always excited to see superman fight villains that he can actually have some physicality toe-to-toe with yeah. uh, don't get me wrong I, we all love lex obviously but it's something about like like you said that the Zods of the world and the Brainiacs and Dark Sides where he can just actually throw a punch at a nigga mm-hmm. and he he can get punched back. I just love that for Superman because he's just so OP and his villains are really OP as well. Um, so I'm just curious if if not Brainiac, which Superman in his rogues would you want to see um in a Superman movie live action? Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I'm I'm never like good at stuff like this. Um, oh, okay. Like niggas be like, I want to see Toy Man. Like no, I don't want to fucking see fucking Toy Man either. Okay, <laughs> but. I don't want to see. I, I was just gonna say, like, I don't want to see Mr. Michael Michael. Michael I don't want to see that nigga. Okay, <laughs> like, um, it's so funny because I mean, niggas. Um, he's so like he's like so much more powerful than Superman. It's so funny he, he just plays with the nigga. He's like yeah. he's so much more powerful than Superman. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that would be like fun for like a two hour feature film though. It wouldn't. It's just, yeah. just be him going. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No thanks. <clears throat> okay. 
I think Parasite would be cool. Um, I, I think I'm trying to think of some other. Uh, I don't. I don't want to see fucking Bizarro. I'm just. That's just too goofy. But <laughs> really, that's really up James Gunn's alley. I, I was expecting a Bizarro type villain for this movie. Um, I mean, and also big. Oh, sorry. Real quick, real quick. Isn't isn't the villain that they did for Guardians Three a little similar to to Brainiac in that he's trying to assimilate different species and he's trying to you know um, you know conquer yeah. and all that type of shit. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Nicholas Holt casted as Lex Luthor. Uh, he was in the running for a long time. It was him against up, up against, like I believe, the Skarsgård brothers. He, uh, he wanted out. Uh, people were saying this is his revenge for not getting the Robert Pattinson Batman role, which I'm so glad he didn't get. Um, <laughs> but what are your what are your thoughts on Nicholas Holt landing Lex Luthor? This is interesting. Again, um, I'm gonna recall back to a conversation I had with you about Heath Ledger all the way back in 2007 or six when he got cast. As the Joker, I was so upset. I was like, "What? What the fuck are we doing with the Joker? This is my favorite character." <laughs> he fucking killed it. Um, so I'm trying hard to like not overreact to any of these casting news uh, because clearly I just have no foresight when it comes to what things can be uh, for these these actors and these characters. So uh, I'm sure Nicholas Holt's gonna fucking kill it. I I hope that he's given time because if we're doing Brainiac and Lex Luthor. I'm not sure how much Lex we're going to get, uh, but maybe this will just be a setup for like a future thing. Like I'm sure Lex is going to be the guy pulling all the strings and all that. So uh, I'm excited for Nicholas Hall. I, I think he is talented. Uh, that that Renfield movie, be damned, but he can he 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 can definitely do this. So I'm excited for him. I agree. I think Nicholas Hall is talented. I don't see it as Lex right now. I mean, I can see him pulling it off, but not in like a Okay, he's my Lex Luthor type shit. Um, I've always just personally wanted, I've stated this on the pod before, someone with real like gravitas to be Lex Luthor. Like, I want like a Brian Cranston type to, I think he would, I mean, he, he might be too old now, but somebody like that caliber of actor just to, to really be like that, that stern Lex, not the coy Lex that we see sometimes in animation. Mm. Um, but that's just, that's just my personal sensibilities. And last thing regarding the Superman thing, have you seen David Cornsweet? This nigga has gotten so fucking big. I'm, I, I love the dedication. I love it. Um, but he's like hit, almost reaching Henry Cavill level. Like Jesus Christ, get bigger, nigga. Get as big as you can. Like I, I, he, oh, he needs hey, to look like hey, fucking. Yo, nah, he needs to look like fucking what? Brock Lesnar by the time he's done. Like I'll give a fuck. Like be be nasty looking. I love it. Take steroids. Do it. Let's go. I, I like I said, this nigga's just eating beef and potatoes every day. You can tell. But what? What um what what kind of Superman aesthetic do you like? And I, this might be too nerdy of your question. Like, do you like like the bulky Superman? Like, or do you like like the, the lean when he's just so like he's so powerful? It doesn't even matter. He's skinny as fuck. It doesn't even matter. No, Henry like, Cavill. Henry Cavill's like like I, I I want him to look like a god amongst men. Like, no disrespect to um 2006 Superman Returns, Brandon Ralph Superman, where he was a lot slimmer. He didn't necessarily have that huge physique. Uh, like right. it, it 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 didn't bother me. It's just that like I have a preference for like the big hulking superman so i love that 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 henry cavill really committed to it and it looks like this guy is too so let's do it yeah i think a balance is good for me like i like the big bulkiness but pause but also like the idea of a slimmer superman as well because right. superman doesn't need to be like the biggest dude in the world because it doesn't fucking matter you know anyway mm. um Anya Taylor-Joy uh, is rumored to be casted as Silver Surfer in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. This is big, strong rumors now. Uh, 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 for those who don't know, for those who don't know, Silver Surfer is 
canonically a man in all of his runs since the fucking his introduction. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? What do you think? I hope it's not true. Um, I hope that this is just some made up Twitter shit that we're discussing right now. And um, give me a man. I, I want a man. I want a man playing Silver Surfer. That, that's what I want. Um, but watch. Anya Taylor-Joy is going to deliver a performance that we've never seen before. Because Silver Surfer is so interesting. He's from a, oh, excuse me, she, she's from a planet where they're, they're about to die. And he, or damn it, she is going to save the world from Galactus. And the, he's a planet eater. Brother, that shit out of here. Only reason to think as to why they might be doing something like this is because the Silver Surfer done in 2006's Rise of the Silver Surfer was done so well and holds up. I think that it would look very similar to that Silver Surfer, and this is their trying to way to try to di- differentiate it. Um, but me, I'm a I'm a huge Silver Surfer fan. Like I really, you I are literally am. You are, and this this pisses me off. I mean, it's just not what I'm. It's not what I'm envisioning. Super Silver Surfer. No disrespect to Anya Taylor Joy. I have no hate. I'm, I'm not a woman hater at all. I support women, but uh, this just doesn't make any sense to me, and, and I, I hate this kind of shit. Um. Sam Raimi is reportedly a top choice for Marvel Studios to direct both Avengers films coming, um, the Kang Dynasty film, if that if Kang still is a thing, and Secret Wars. What are your thoughts on Raimi coming into the MCU? Well, he's already been in the MCU, but taking over mm-hmm. the Avengers films. Somebody has to do it. Um, why not? Sure. Let's let Sam Raimi take the helm. I mean, it's not like he's a stranger to these superhero films. It's not like he's a stranger to dealing with an ensemble or mixed, or, you know, multiple personalities. Uh, let's give him a shot. I mean, you know, we had the Russo brothers do Infinity War and Endgame, and I think it worked out perfectly. So let's have that same continuity and let's let them do Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty as well. So uh, I'm going to try to be optimistic if if this is in fact true. And uh, I'm going to say that Sam Raimi is going to do a great job. What do you think? I love Raimi. I wasn't a fan of the Multiverse of Madness. I don't really blame Raimi. Uh, I'm more so blame just the writing of that story, but I personally, I, I don't understand why they don't give Ryan Coogler a chance to do this kind of shit. Like he's proven twice now that he can make great films, like not even just good Marvel movies, like just b- great films. I mean, I don't understand why Ryan Coogler hasn't been given the keys or m- maybe they offered him and he said, no, he wants to do his own thing. But I just think Coogler would, would, that would be the top choice if not the Russo brothers. So, but yeah, Raimi, l- l- let's see how he does. You get one more chance, Raimi and MCU. Cause uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's talk some Star Wars news. Dave Filoni has been promoted to chief creative officer at Lucasfilm. He will work directly alongside Kathleen Kennedy to oversee all the new Star Wars projects going forward. Um, What are your thoughts on this? Well, I know this makes you happy. I mean, this is kind of what you wanted. You wanted Kathleen Kennedy to step back in terms of, you know, her power. Um, It sounds like she's giving the keys to Dave Filoni. I mean, this is what happens when you make three seasons of The Mandalorian, and it's one of the most streamed things ever on Disney+. Plus. You create a new character in Grogu that most people love to death. And I mean, he, him, him and John Favreau both deserve a lot of credit for that. So I think that this is a good thing. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not sure what negative there could be unless he just goes crazy and he's like, uh, you know, we're not done with the start. If, if, if he's the one that's like, we're not done with the Skywalker saga, then I'm going to have a problem because I'm sick of that shit. Uh, but other than that, I'm sure that this is only going to be a positive thing. What do you think? Yeah, I like I love Filoni's ideas. I love his ideas that he brings to Star Wars. I think he's still working out the kinks when it comes to because he's so talented in the in the animation space. Uh, I feel like with the Ahsoka series, I could still feel him operating in like an animation space at times. So I was I'm just maybe 
with in this position, he can just be the idea guy. I think he has wonderful ideas, so this could be a good thing. Also, he's working on the outline for Ahsoka season two as well. Yep. Um, so that's no noteworthy as well. Um, Dave Filoni also has something to say about Ray Stevenson and the future of the the, the Balin Skull character. His quote was, "Obviously, there is a story there in terms of you know will they continue showcasing Balin Skull." He says, "We're in a wait and see pattern at this point, but I'm glad the conversation is about Ray and how great he was. I used to have many debates with him and say, Ray." you're the villain here. And he'd be like, I don't think so. And I was like, <laughs> I know you don't think so, but you are. I love that. I love that you're playing the character like you're not, but this is exactly, which is not the, the way Balin thinks. So the fact that Ray Stevenson was like, nigga, I, I know you're writing as a villain, but I'm going to interpret it a different way. I think that that was just a genius choice, ballsy, mm-hmm. but a very genius. I love the way he played Balin. And so do you want to see Balin or do you, or do you think his send off in Ahsoka season one was kind of warranted? <sighs> This is so tough, man, because I, I thought part of the reason why Balin Skull was interesting was because of Ray. Um, I thought Agreed. his 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 performance w- was masterful. It's honestly one of the best performances I've seen in a while. Um, so the fact that we're not going to be able to get him back for this series is a little concerning. But. I mean, it sounds like they've already made up their mind and they're going to do it. And, you know, the character's ending in Ahsoka season one was like. It wasn't even an ending. Like we, like he kind of just like went up to the sunset. We never saw him again. So it sounds like they left it that way because they were interested in doing something else with this character. So it's unfortunate, but I figured that this was the route that they were going to go. And hey, look, I mean, if if it if it isn't working, then they either won't put it out, or it'll you know it'll be a one and done thing, and we'll forever, you know, we'll forever be like, damn, what could have been. But they're probably going to release this either way. I agree with you. I think Ray is one of the best Star Wars characters in, in the Disney era, besides like Mando, Grogu, and Kylo, I guess. Um, and it, it's sad to see him go. Um, but I think they should not continue his story live action as an honor to, to Ray. But I would love to see an animation because, you know, the animation stuff is canon in Star Wars. So let's see Balin's journey um, in like an animated series, something like that. I, I totally watch that. Hmm. Um, let's talk some trailers. Mark Wahlberg and Simi Liu, Simi Liu, Liu star in the emotional trailer for Arthur the King based on a true story. Do you see this trailer? It's been showing a lot in my AMC theaters a lot lately. Um, mm. But what are your thoughts on this this true story about a dog and a guy? Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, man's best friend, follow him around this race, around this continent, which is insane. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch this. I mean, you know exactly why. So uh, for all the listeners out there, I, I don't do anything with dogs and dogs' death and dogs being happy. This is not my thing. So, yeah, I'm not going to watch this. Shout out to Mark Wahlberg and shout out to Simu Lee. Uh, I don't care about this. I'm not going to watch it. The dog dies? Yeah, uh, it looked like he was dying in the trailer. I'm not sure if he actually dies in the movie, but. Oh, just the chance that he might die. You're not going to watch it. Correct. You're a fucking bitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> dog movies just don't ever do it for me. I'm sorry. I mean. Airbud. I might watch it. That's true. Fucking Airbud. <laughs> and, and Homeward Bound, a fucking great movie as well, but. I was a big sassy fan, sassy the cat. Um, dog movies don't typically do it for me because it's such an obvious pull at the heartstrings. And I, as a cat guy, it's just like whatever. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. As a cat guy. <laughs> um, so I guess we do have a trailer for Blumhouse's Imaginary. It's been released. They they said they weren't going to release a trailer, but there's a whole ass trailer out that I tagged you in. And it's coming to theaters March 8th. Um, what are your thoughts on this trailer? You have to remind me what this trailer was. I don't really remember. The black that. woman is, is babysitting the little white girl, and she has a, the white girl has an imaginary friend and this bear, and ah. the bear seems to be like a demon. 
Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, this looked terrible. Um, holy, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, both of us have already stated our kind of threshold with these possession films. Um, and I think my threshold goes even lower with like killer dolls. Like I just, <laughs> I just, I just don't love them. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to skip this honestly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to everybody that wants to see this shit. I mean, this film, but I don't want to see this. What do you think? I'm just confused that we got a trailer. Cause the whole marketing ploy I thought was that we're not going to get a trailer, but we did. Um, the niggas and, realized yeah, that yeah. that marketing ploy was like stupid as fuck. They were like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> people are people are really not going to come see this because they don't know what the fuck they're coming to." Uh, I guess so. Um, yeah, this trailer didn't do much for me. I, I might watch it. Who knows? You um, let's let's talk some reviews. Did you watch any shows at all? Uh, finish any shows? No, I haven't finished anything, but I do have a few movie reviews. Okay. Oh wait, well, I watch. Uh, should we talk Invincible? Yeah, I have Invincible on here at the end. Okay. Um, so I watched two shows. Um, two shows. So for the first one is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. This is the Scott Pilgrim versus the World anime that's now streaming on Netflix. Um, guys, I've been we've been trying to get Julian to watch Scott Pilgrim. He's he says he's going to. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, that, that movie's a cult classic, it's amazing. And as just a fan of that movie, it's really cool to see the entire OG voice cast come back to basically return and voice their characters like these are some big names in hollywood now like michael sarah um aubrey plaza um mary mary uh, mary elizabeth winstead who plays fucking hera and ahsoka um chris evans it's, it's a huge cast guys and they all returned and they're all just, just, just so good like it really the first couple episodes of this show captured the exact tone of the movie which is what audiences were hoping but I thought for some reason it kind of shifted into something else because the show starts off as like a retelling of the movie, essentially. I was like, okay, so it's just like, just, just, like it's just a movie going to be retold over again. But then it takes a very weird detour, becomes very meta and kind of like references the movie, but it comes to a whole different story. Um, the further it strayed away from the original movie, I thought it kind of lost some of its pizzazz, in my opinion. Um, and the highlight, it kind of highlights more so the evil exes, which you have no idea what that is because you haven't seen the movie, but and R- R- Ramona more so than Scott. Like there's a large chunk of the show when Scott Pilgrim is just simply not in it. And that's just a weird creative choice for me. Uh, I don't understand why they did that. And I think it's to the show's detriment. But however, the show is still super, super funny, guys. I had a smile on my face the entire time just as a fan. Um, and I think fans will ultimately be pleased with this with this series. Um, like I said, I just think they did some weird choices regarding Scott missing for a large mm-hmm. chunk of it and them kind of straying a lot, very, fur, very far from the source material. Uh, I'll say that. But um, yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes off. If you're a fan of the movie, check it out. Next review is for Blue Eye Samurai. Uh, did you finish the show, or did you ever? No, I haven't even started it. I prefer if you can hold this, but you know, uh, who cares? Go ahead, do your thing. I won't give. I, I won't give a single spoiler. I promise. I won't give okay. a single spoiler. I'll just give an overbroad consensus about how I feel about the show. Um, I guys, this show right here is from the writers of Logan and Blade Runner twenty forty nine, two movies that I really hold in high regard. Um basic plot which you've seen in the trailer which we it's funny because me and julian laughed at the trailer when it first came out we thought it was gonna be so ass and this show ended up being one of the best shows of the year for me by far um this is a time in japan's lore history <laughs> lore uh this is a, a time in japan's history when they've closed their outside borders to the outside world in particular europe and white people 
And there's this girl who, who grows up in feudal Japan and she's half white, half Japanese. And during this time in Japan's history, if you are seen as half white, you are just like a monster, like a demon. And she has these bright blue eyes, which give her, which give her up obviously very clear that she's mixed. And so she gets demonized her entire life. Of course, she takes up the way of the samurai and she gets wants to get revenge on her father who raped her mother. That's basically the basic plot of the story. There's a lot you can that you'll get from that once you actually watch the show. The plot is literally the, the storyline, the animation, and the action are all just so top tier. Um, the, the animation is so good in this show that like it feels like motion capture a lot of times. Like the way like the people, like the, the characters emote, how they express themselves, just how they move. It doesn't feel animated at all. It feels like there's actually like motion capture going on because it's just done so fluently and so well. The show does an amazing job of interweaving flashbacks with what's currently going on to either mirror the, the present or directly counter it. It's, it's just a, a beautiful use of flashbacks here in the show. Um, and the, we get to see the character's evolution from episode one to episode eight. Because um, at first she appears very, well, I'm not going to say that. Um, guys, I recommend this show highly. Uh, it's like I said, one, one of my favorite shows of the year. This is why this this kind of show proves why there will always be a space for animation, in my opinion, because it's just some things you just can't do live action. And this show is able to pull it off um, in, incredibly well, in my opinion. This is a, a total surprise for me of the year. And I, I just really love this show. Um, next thing is Invin Invincible. We only got so we only got four episodes, guys. going to be eight episodes in total this season. Um, season two will return next year in 2024. So we can give our brief thoughts just on what we've seen so far and how we feel about the news of season two picking up next year. So you can go first, man. Um, yeah. Four episodes that we've seen four episodes left, uh, man, from what I've seen, man, I'm so excited for what's to come. I think my, my only real complaint so far is that I feel like they've kind of lingered with the, the depression. This might sound horrible to say, uh, but like with like the depression of Sandra O's character, um, what's the mom's name? Uh, Damn, Helen? Sarah. Helen. Hera? It's not Sarah. It's not Sarah, is it? No, that doesn't sound familiar. Whatever. Okay. Sandra, Sandra O's character. Um, she's literally been depressed, a depressed mess for all four episodes. That's that's getting annoying. Um, I'm glad that <laughs> that the. I was worried that after episode one and two that they were going to linger with invincible's depression of it but they kind of met it head on when they had the invincible omni-man um you know meeting which i thought was done really well um shout out to steven young man he was fantastic in episode four um just the the emotion that he was trying to portray to his dad who he feels well not feels i mean who stabbed him in the back essentially and betrayed the entire human race and um, you know, now, now it turns out this thing got another wife and kid on the side. It's just, it's crazy, man. Um, and yeah, like, I, I just, I just want to say like for anybody that is on the fence about the show or that has not seen this show, uh, whether it's, you know, because it's animation or you're tired of superhero stuff or, you know, whatever's holding you back, like you need to let it go and just, and just stop and watch this, man. This is a really, really great series with great characters, uh, characters that, that develop and grow, um and just a, a a stellar voice cast uh it's actually really funny too like there's just a whole bunch of good jokes here um i love the the duplicate thing with um the nigga that never dies or immortal that shit was hilarious and uh yeah man i i'm i'm i don't want to give like a whole spiel but um so far what i've seen is very promising i can't wait to see how they continue this uh 
and I'm 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 super excited, man. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I don't think that season two coming out next year is warranted at all. I just think that makes zero sense. Uh, I understand the midseason break, sure, but maybe give us a couple weeks for an eight episode series. I mean, this is a, I mean, they're just pushing at this point. Are they trying to maintain relevance? Are the shows just not done yet? Uh, I'm confused. But to have it come back literally in the new year is insane to me. Um, but like I said, but like like you said, man, this is still a great half season of television. I love, like you said, whether you're in animation or not, you can definitely follow the story and have fun with it. There's a lot of great characters, great action, great growth within characters. I love how this Invincible has so many storylines going on at one time, but it never seems like overwhelming because mm-hmm. everything ends up tying up to the main storyline eventually at some point. Um, even callbacks to things like there's there's so many like throwaway episodes in this season one, quote unquote, like filler, quote unquote. But you're like, no, it's not filler at all. They, they bring it back in season two. It has relevance. And the show just does a good job of keeping up with all those storylines and having just a lot of great characters. Um, I feel like they kind of after watching the Adam E special, which I really enjoy. I know you didn't. Um, they kind of like made her weaker in this season for some reason. I mean, when she's fighting that one dude in episode four the, the, with, with the with the gun arm, mm-hmm. Adam E, when she was a child, would have destroyed that nigga. Like, I feel like she was struggling with this thing. I don't know. That was just kind of weird to me, but um, maybe they can't make her too OP. I feel like she's on Mark Grayson's level, honestly, just from a power set standpoint. But um, yeah, uh, I enjoy Invincible. I just wish season two would be here a lot sooner, maybe selfishly. Hmm. Um, so movie reviews. Um, which movies did you watch? I'm curious. Um, so I have two Christmas movies I watched. One was on streaming and one was a movie that I hadn't seen in a long time that I forgot I had already seen, but I wanted to talk about it. So I'll start with Almost Christmas. Um, <laughs> so this is starring Gabrielle Union, Omar Epps, um, JB Smooth, Carrie Hilson. Yes, yes, yes. Monique. The whole crew, Monique, um, DC Young Fly. What's the nigga from Lethal Weapon? Why can't I remember? Danny Glover. Um, Danny Glover. So uh, this this is one of those times where, like, after after I watched this first movie, or after I watched this other movie we we're going to talk about, uh, you know, this is like under recommended or whatever. And I was like, how have I not seen this? Like, how have I not like this is like a great cast? Like, it's a black Christmas movie. Like, how have I not seen this? Um, and this is this is essentially just this Christmas redone. But I absolutely love that. <laughs> uh, I have no problem with it. Like, there there's like so many similarities. You know, there's the there's there's a train who's the 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 young he's the youngest one he's the baby he's he's got all the talent um but he has a dark secret uh there's the sisters who hate each other um there's the older brother who's successful there's the patriarch or the matriarch of the family like like it has very similar things to this christmas which didn't bother me at all like um i i ended up loving this like i'm not gonna lie like i was like man this is this is like a really great time like this is gonna be like in my rotation of fucking christmas movies like I, i'm not sure I'm not sure why it never was. I'm not sure why I'd never seen it. Um, but like, I really enjoyed it, man. It was just a, it was just a really good black Christmas movie. Um, and it absolutely matters that they're black. I, I mean, I'm not sure how else to say it without sounding uh, forward, but it matters that they're black. Uh, <laughs> it matters that, you know, that uh, they're not fucking drug dealers or thugs. They're just regular people going through regular holiday stuff. And it was, it was a good time. And I, Monique destroyed the movie. She was so funny throughout the entire movie. Um, Carrie Hilson and JB Smooth would literally never happen in any lifetime ever, but uh, it was it was funny for what it was. And um, that that dinner scene was was iconic. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was it was a great great scene. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, for for anybody that hasn't seen it, I think it came out in like 2013 or 16 or whatever, almost Christmas. It's it's a really good fun black Christmas movie for you out there. Um, the other Christmas movie I saw is 
Dashing Through the Snow. Ludacris, Lil Whirl, Howery, Tiana Paris. This is streaming on Disney+. Plus. Um, I saw literally no promo for this. I think this is one of those times where... Yeah, it's brand new. Yeah, it came out maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, I, I, I follow Ludacris on Instagram. I did not see a single post about this, but we know how the algorithm works. So, excuse me. I'm sure he posted about it, but um, man, uh, this this is it was actually fun too, man. Like, it, don't get me wrong. Like, this is a this is a Disney Plus Christmas movie with Ludacris, Tiana Paris, and Oscar from The Office and uh, Lil Rel. Like, don't get me wrong. This 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 movie's not going to win any Oscars, okay, or any awards. But <laughs> it was actually like a fun watch. Um, Ludacris plays a character that you really haven't really seen him play, uh, which I thought was good. I'm not going to say that he was like great in this movie because he wasn't. Uh, but it, it, it was like refreshing to see him be somebody other than fucking a super whiz with technology and fast and furious or a rapper. <laughs> um, Lil Rail played Santa Claus, which I thought was hilarious. He, he was actually really funny throughout the entire movie. Uh, Tiana Paris was barely in it, but I uh, didn't care. Uh, they made Oscar from the office, the villain, which was hilarious to me. It seems like these Christmas movies have to have this formula where, you know, basically there's somebody who's down on Christmas. Uh, Santa comes to or, you know, Santa or some Christmas themed entity comes to remind him that Christmas is real and Christmas is all about family. And then there's the bad guys who are trying to steal Christmas like this doesn't detract from that. But it, it was still a very fun movie to watch. Um, and I actually enjoyed it. I ended up giving this movie a C plus, which typically C plus movies are just forgettable or whatever. Um but I actually really enjoyed this, man. I, I think we need more Black Christmas movies. We really do. Good ones, anyway. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Monty, with your reviews. I'm sure you have better things to discuss than these dumbass Christmas movies I watch. This nigga named two Black Christmas movies. Wow, I love that for you. Yes, sir. Um, well, now to, to some theatrical release movies, guys. Um, the first one is Hunger Games, uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, aren't you a fan of the Hunger Games, of the uh, Jennifer Lawrence ones? Not really. Or no. Oh, not, oh, not, you're not? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, well, as a Hunger Games fan, I was not excited to watch this movie, just based on the trailers alone, but I, I was interested enough in the lore um, outside of the trailer just to kind of see what was going on here. Um, the, basically, this follows a young Coralina Snow, who played by Donald Sutherland in, in the movies. Remember the, the old guy who's running yeah. the Hunger Games? Old white guy, really? He's like Katniss's main villain? No. Okay. <laughs> well, this <laughs> not a fan of Hunger Games. Sorry. This is about him when he's younger and his rise to power, I guess. And um, I don't know, man. The, the the OG Hunger Games was able to capture. Well, first of all, this movie split up into, into three parts. And the Hunger Games portion is really only the first half of the movie. The second half becomes something entirely different. It's not Hunger Games related at all. And in, in comparison to the original Hunger Games movies, those with Jennifer Lawrence did such a good job at capturing the anxiety and the fear or confusion somebody would feel being in, a, in that situation. It was an exciting time when those kids were out there killing each other. This movie just felt like a watered <laughs> okay. down version of that, a watered down version of that. Um, none of the tributes were like memorable at all, and it's just it just pales in comparison completely to the to the original Hunger Games, in my opinion. Ultimately, this this movie felt like a ultimately like a very long road to an unsatisfying destination. It was like a two hour and forty five minute movie. Um, and mm. but I did I did have somebody in my theater sitting right next to me. This little white girl say, "Oh my god, that followed the book to a T." So I didn't read the book. So if you're a fan of the book, guys, you might have fun with it. But as someone who's just a fan of the movies, I did not have that much fun with it. But there are some good things too. I gave it a C plus. 
Um, next review is for Thanksgiving. Uh, this is the Thanksgiving horror movie by Eli Roth. Have you seen this movie? No. Or have, have if you, I saw it, I, I would have talked about it. I would have talked about it, money. I'm, I'm going to say heard of it, of course. Of course I heard of it. Uh, this was the one that was just Halloween for Thanksgiving. Correct. Um, apparently this movie was like, it was like in like a movie. It was, it was like a spoof in like a movie. And they actually turned it into a feature film, which is pretty cool. Uh, the first 10 to 15 minutes of this movie, it feels like an SNL spoof horror skit. And I knew that I was in trouble because I feel like either you're going to love that tone or you're going to be like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I in for? Uh, this movie was borderline bad. I mean, I, oh. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have fun with it at least. But guys, people are having fun with this movie. Like my audience was totally into it. But as somebody who just I think I'm I've seen horror at its at its peak. Uh, it's just hard to appreciate something like this when I feel like I could have made this movie. Honestly, um, there's a this this has all the horror tropes, but I think it's done on purpose. Like you know, at the teens, the small town, the themed killer, of course, would be being the Thanksgiving guy. There's this one dude in the group of teens who's like in the main cast. He kind of reminds me of Fridge, off the off the the uh, Jumanji movies with Kevin Hart. This nigga is like a, clearly in his thirties, and he's supposed to be a teenager. And he's just big black dude. And I just laughed at him every time he was on the screen. He's such a bad actor. I laughed at all his line delivery. But damn, what the I, hell did I, this I will, nigga do to you? <laughs> I will say this though: the kills in this movie are really done really well. It's some really creative kills. Like they feel like almost like Final Destination inspired, like how the, how creative the kills are. And so there's some really good kills here. But the overall story, I, I just it was just too formulaic. I couldn't get into it. I feel like it's aware of itself and it knows it's kind of silly, but it just wasn't enough to really get me into. It. I gave it a C minus for Thanksgiving. Damn. Okay. Um, next review is for the new Taika Waititi movie. Next goal wins. Do you remember this trailer? I do. This is the one with Michael Fassbender, right? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of Taika Waititi. I thought I was at least. I mean, I, I loved Thor Ragnarok. Oh, <laughs> I love. I love Jojo Rabbit. Don't forget Jojo Rabbit. Literally one of my top ten favorite movies of all time is Jojo Rabbit. Um, but after Thor: Love and Thunder, I was hoping for a return of form for Taika, and this is not it. Um, it's Taika's <laughs> Taika Waititi's comedy has evolved to a point where it's just like either like almost slapsticky or like it's just so surface level that it's not even smart humor. I just I personally like smart humor in my movies. Um, it's about you know we, we've seen this formula for a sports movie before. A coach comes in, turns a shitty program around, and you know we've seen that formula. So I was just hoping that the camaraderie of this movie and the chemistry of the team would be enough to get me entertained throughout the entire time, but. It's not bad, excuse me, but it's just it's just it's just okay, you know. I do love seeing different cultures, you know, on screen represented. However, like I had no idea that there was a place called America Samoa near Australia. That's pretty cool with like a lot of Samoan indigenous people. It was cool to see their culture highlighted, but other than that, it didn't do much for me. I'm wondering if this nigga had like a Lin Sanity run <laughs> regarding Taika Waititi. Is he, is he done? Um, but I ended up giving next goal wins a C. Mm. Uh, last review here, guys, is for Napoleon, the new Ridley Scott movie. Uh, of course, you remember this trailer as well, right? Mm-hmm. About the uh, the uh, the famed conqueror of the world, Napoleon. Um, I don't know why really Scott does this thing where he makes these period piece movies where they're supposed to be in a different country. They're speaking English. That, that, that pissed me off. Like the Napoleon is like one of the arguably one of the most famous French niggas of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have Joaquin Phoenix speaking English and. I had a very similar complaint with Prey, as you know, like when they aren't speaking indigenous. But at least with Prey, there's a version of that movie you can watch where they are speaking their indigenous tongue. Um, with this movie, he, like he did the same thing with Gladiator. He, he did the same thing with uh, the, the last duel with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. He just doesn't care about accents. He, it kind of pisses me off. 
this is one of those movies where a lot of time passes over the course of Napoleon's life. And they do this weird thing where they don't choose to age Napoleon at all. Like he's supposed to be 20. Old ass Joaquin Phoenix supposed to be 20 at one point. <laughs> and, then, and then he's supposed to, and then by the end of the movie, I guess he's in his 40s or whatever. I don't know, but th- that, that kind of stuff pisses me off. And you would think this movie would be about like the greatest, one of the greatest leaders and military strategists in the entire world. But no, it's really more so like a love story between him and his wife, which granted, I didn't know that meant some his wife meant so much to him, which I learned in the movie. But I just don't understand the focus to take it off of one of the world's greatest conquerors of the world like, to not really shine a, a highlight on that. I just, that's just such a weird thing to me to make it a more so like a love story. However, the, the, the battle scenes in this movie are shot beautifully. Like this is just really Scott showing off that he's an experienced nigga. Like it's this one scene that takes place in like this icy tundra, which is just so amazing and breathtaking with just a great battle sequence. Love that kind of shit. Wish it was more of it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately the tonality of this movie was just too weird all over the place. It felt like a comedy at times. I wanted a serious movie about Napoleon, you know, conquering the world in his mindset, you know. So overall, I gave Napoleon a C plus. Mm. Um, let's let, let's move on to some other to some other news. Sebastian Stan has been cast as a young Donald Trump in the new movie for about his life called The Apprentice. Uh, what, can you see Sebastian Stan pulling off young Trump? Mm, sure. Yeah. Uh, all you gotta do is give him a haircut, make him look a little weird. And yeah, he'll he'll uh, Sebastian Stan can do it for sure. I, I can see it too. Um, do you? What are your thoughts on something like this? This whole thing about him being Luke in a live action movie because they say he looks so close to Mark Hamill. I think he's kind of aging out of that. But do you want to see Sebastian Stan as Luke, Prime Luke? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I I don't really have a <laughs> preference, honestly. Um, and I'm actually, you know what? No, I don't want to fucking see it. I'm sick of the Skywalker saga. Give it a Luke. Give it a Vader. Let's move on to something bigger and better. Sorry. I feel you on that, but Prime Luke, come on. I got to see at least one thing. It could be a series. It could be a movie. We got a taste of it with Mandalorian say, Season they, 2. They, they gave but, you enough in the Season yeah, 2 finale of Mandalorian. That, so. that taste had me salivating. Um, wow. <laughs> Mark Cuban is leaving Shark Tank after 16 seasons. Uh, nigga also, also selling them damn Mavericks as well, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch Shark Tank, but I know there's a lot of fans who do watch Shark Tank. So, guys, your favorite judge or shark or whatever is leaving. you have any thoughts on this? <laughs> I mean, he put in his time. 17 seasons is a long fucking time. Uh, I'm not 16. sure. Whatever. I think I feel like, you know, the the consensus on Twitter is that something's about to come out about him. And, you know, oh, he's, that's he's, why he's selling know, the maps and everything. Yeah, he's I mean, he, he still Uh-oh. has like creative control and he's still president of basketball operations for the Mavs. But. As far as like the majority ownership of the team, he did sell um, for a lucrative sum, I might add. Uh, and yeah, he's not doing Shark Tank anymore. So I don't know. Maybe this is just him trying to move on and do something else with his life. Maybe not. We'll see. Nigga been fucking Luca. Um, this is something that's really big right here, guys. <laughs> M- M- Melissa Barrera, of course, who is the star of the new Scream movies. Um, she had a post on social media that, um, about basically her siding with the Palestinians and, and this whole Israel Gaza thing. Mm-hmm. And she's actually been dropped from scream seven guys um, for denouncing the, the, the genocide in, in Gaza. Her quote was, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather be excluded for who I include than to be included for who I exclude. Um, this is huge news. I mean, she's like literally the star of like a huge horror franchise right now. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, this is, this is crazy. It sucks. Um, apparently, they dropped her because they they interpreted something she said as like something anti-Semitic, which is you know harmful to mm-hmm. Jewish people. So 
Um, I tried to find what what exactly she said, but I couldn't. Same, find couldn't find it. Same. But same. I mean, that that doesn't mean it's not out there. Um, I mean, I, I'm just saying I, I couldn't find it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks for me as a as, as somebody who's loved and I mean loved these past two screen films. Um, and you know, Janet Ortega is not doing it either. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're not going to cancel the movie. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but they're not going to cancel it. Um, it sounds like they're trying to bring back Sydney Prescott, but. It's not going to be the same, unfortunately. Uh, I, I kind of feel bad for like the core four and like the rest of the actors involved because they're, they're kind of in like a shitty situation. Um, like, do they do the movie or like do they try to stand on business and you know lose out on <laughs> lose out on other deals for shit like this? I don't know. It's it's stupid. So, I don't know, man. It's this is very interesting. We'll 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 see what happens with this situation. Yeah, like you said, Jenna Ortega also not returning. Um, her rep says it has nothing to do with the firing of Melissa and that this was discussed before the strike, which we did announce, actually, that she might mm-hmm. leave, be leaving Scream 7. But I think it's totally in relation to the Melissa thing. I don't care what the rep says. I think just after watching Jenna Ortega's interview, she seems very, like, strong-minded and, you know, like a, an ally to her coworkers or whatever. So I totally think that she d- did this, you know, out of support, I guess, for Melissa. Um, and I don't think she even wanted to be in it that much anyway. <laughs> um, but I, I was actually really interested to, interested to see what they, what they were going to do with like Melissa's character in Scream Seven because they were they had this arc they were teasing where could she be evil like her father? And so I was really interested just as a fan to see where they would take that. So the fact that we won't be able to get that anymore kind of sucks to be honest. Yep. Um, but Scream Seven is the, the, their new script is still in development and they're targeting like you said bringing Nev Campbell back and Patrick Dempsey potentially. Um. I don't know if I want to. As much as I love Nev Campbell, I guess I don't. I like yeah. the other storyline a little better, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Family Guy is leaving Sunday nights for the first time in two decades. It will now air new episodes on Wednesdays. All, all my Family Guy's fan is coming on Wednesdays now. Don't forget. And last bit of news is in regards to Five Nights at Freddy's. This shit has been going crazy at the box office, apparently. Uh, it passes Split to become Blumhouse's highest grossing film of all time. Um, and it's the highest grossing horror movie of the year. And part, of course, with that being said, part two is our in the works, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I did not see this success from five nights at Freddy's, but what are your thoughts on this? And do you plan to watch it? They've got a ravenous fan base, man. Um, there's a lot of people that aren't me and you that like, we're so excited to see this. Um, I've seen like a lot of hype for this about, okay. I, I've seen a, a lot of excitement about this on social media. Um, so I, I, I came to say it surprises me that it's doing so well. I mean, it's good to know that there's there's still fans of something else that's not fucking Star Wars or the MCU, and they're like, no, like we want a Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, so shout out to y'all, man. Y- y- y'all are getting y'all's thing, and hopefully you support the second part and whatever spinoff they do that's inevitably going to come now. Um, you know, hopefully they support it because they damn sure didn't support Blue Fucking Beetle or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So yeah. <laughs> You never asked my question. It's on Peacock. Do you plan on watching it at least just to see what the hype is about? No, I don't care. Really? Hype doesn't interest okay. me. I'm sorry. Okay. Fucking hipster. Um, my my theory as to why this movie is doing so good is because, like I said, at my screen, it was full of kids. And I think I was mad that it wasn't a rated R rating. I thought it would have helped the movie. But that, P, that PG-13 rating is helping a lot of these kids who want to see this show. I mean, this movie, you know, in the theaters. So when you have the audiences of kids that want to see it and adults, it's just a, like a complete recipe for success, you know? And so I think that's why it's doing so good because everybody of all ages can see this movie. And like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I'll definitely be checking for a part two. Uh, it was really good seeing Josh Hutcherson back. 
And so, yeah, we got a franchise on our hands. Shout out to Five Nights at Freddy's. Wow. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Well, last thing, horror movies are not fair, bro. Like, they can have a budget of, like, under $10 million and just <laughs> get a crazy ROI every time. Every time. It happens every year. It's just one surprise or a couple surprise horror movies that just come out and just kill at the box office because they're, they're made for shit. And they just make all this fucking money because everybody just loves horror. Um, you can say I, the same thing about Get Out. Yeah, you can. <laughs> but yeah, you you're right. You can. <laughs> you, you, you can. You can. Anyway, guys, that wraps it up. Julian, do you have any other thoughts? No, sir. Great pod, money. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Have a, watch Blue Eye Samurai and uh, Scott Pilgrim, bitch. Uh, Blue Eye Samurai, sure. <laughs>